What's up, everybody? My name is Will. Welcome back to Thoughts That Count. Uh, play my music, man. So before we get into this episode, some of you may know I went to Montana this past week, and I am going to be talking a little bit about my time out in Montana at, at the end of this episode. So stick around for that. It's very awesome. But without further ado, let's get into this episode. Alrighty, thank you for joining me for another episode of Thoughts That Count. I hope you guys are doing well today. Today we are going to be comparing those who overthink versus those who underthink and also discussing the people who reside somewhere in the middle as well. Now this topic is exceptionally interesting because there are a lot of people out there who are chronic overthinkers. They want to consider every single scenario, they want to consider every single outcome and make sure that they're prepared for all of them. But on the flip side, you can also probably think of somebody who flies by the seat of their pants and is not a very good planner. And that shows in the way that they live their life. They just go with the flow and take life as it comes. Now, of course, there are inherent benefits and drawbacks of living either lifestyle, which we will get into. But I think the important thing is being able to find a balance. So let's not waste any time. Let's start with the pros of overthinking. So the first pro of overthinking would be always being prepared. So People who tend to overthink will go through every scenario in their mind and make sure that they know that they're prepared for anything. And a lot of times, like they will also prepare their feelings for whatever outcome. So say they're calculating something to be disappointing or they're thinking worst case scenario for this situation. They'll prepare their feelings to be sad or disappointing because they know that if that were to happen, it will soften the blow if this actually comes to reality. This sort of preparing for the worst case is one that can be beneficial for a lot of people. I know personally for me, it doesn't work that well, but I have people close to me who swear by this practice that, you know, you can't be disappointed if you're already expecting the worst. The reverse of this is also true. They will also seek to calculate what would happen if the best case scenario came true as well, and they would be able to prepare for that likewise. Now, this may seem counterintuitive to the previous point because it would be expecting something good to happen, so you'd be getting your hopes up, but by metaphorically placing their eggs in separate baskets, they don't commit too fully to any outcome. So it allows them to stay more neutral when it comes to what the actual outcome is going to be. And this is the next point is that they're likely to calculate every possible outcome so that they're never caught off guard. They will go from top to bottom, making sure that they are prepared for any sort of outcome that could happen. Now for the underthinker, I'm sure that you're thinking, wow, that seems like a lot of work. And I would probably agree with you. I think on this spectrum, I tend to shade more towards the under planner, but some people can definitely thrive in this mindset and find great success in it as well. And while the extra planning may seem like a lot of extra work or a lot of mental exercise, it tends to be that those people who are overthinkers or over planners can become quite efficient in quickly gauging through all of these scenarios and practiced or experienced overthinkers and over planners tend to be very, very good at predicting possible outcomes for a situation. So while there may be possibilities that an under planner or a moderate planner may not even consider, the overthinker will have those already mapped out and already have preparations in place so that they are able to easily and efficiently deal with whatever is coming their way. It's typically beneficial to have at least one overthinker in your friend group because at any point that it comes to planning a trip or an event or say you guys are going out, it's nice to have them around so that they can ensure that the group is taken care of when it comes to whatever the needs of the group are, whether it be groceries or rides or flights or 
housing, that Overthinker will definitely have the group's best interest in mind to ensure that they're prepared for whatever is going to happen. Now, on the flip of that, if that Overthinker or that Overplanner is not able to have a hand into whatever's going on, then you will probably experience a bit of frustration coming from them due to the fact that they're not able to exercise this habit. And they're likely to get stress or anxiety due to the fact that they don't feel prepared for what's coming and they don't feel like they are ready for any scenario as discussed previously. So that is one thing to be careful of when, you know, considering a certain event that an overthinker or overplanner does not have a hand into. So moving on, let's talk about the pros of underthinking, uh, which I may honestly have a little bit more of a bias towards, but as a bit more of an underthinker myself, I would say that in general, the benefit of underthinking would be that you're less stressed and worried because you feel like regardless of what happens in the future for whatever it is, you're going to be fine. Things are going to be okay and you don't need to worry about them and typically worrying doesn't actually help anymore. Now, obviously, that's just my opinion on it personally. I can understand that for some people that stress can be a motivating factor, but if that worrying is not progressive in that way, then I find it to be pointless. Also, allow me to take this moment to you know talk about underthinking. When I say underthinking, I'm not saying that I don't think very much. That's not what I mean. I use underthinking as a contrast to overthinking. But anyway, I find that as an underthinker, I am more easygoing. I am more spontaneous because I'm able to not consider every outcome. So I am just fine with, you know, whatever the outcome is going to be. I'm not going to think about the worst scenario. I'm not going to think about the best scenario. I'm just going to think about what I think is going to be the most realistic outcome. And I'm going to plan for that. And that saves me not only time, but mental energy when it comes to considering how the future is going to go. I also find that I rely heavily on my past experiences and the things that I've been through to bolster the way that I feel about what's going to happen in the future. So what I mean by that is I use my past experiences to not only kind of guess what I think is the most realistic outcome of the future, but I also use it as a justification for why I can make it through whatever is going to be thrown my way, right? I presume that I've been through the worst of it and that that's not going to come my way this time. Now, obviously, I still gauge warning signs of things that I haven't seen before, which help protect me from things that I haven't experienced yet or potential danger signs. But for the most part, I know that, you know, my experiences have built me up strong enough that I can handle basically whatever comes my way. But those are what I believe to be the benefits of both overthinking and underthinking. Let's talk about the other side. Let's talk about the problems with overthinking first. So I think one of the issues that naturally arises if you're an overthinker is that you're stressed out more, especially if it's a situation that you couldn't plan for. For example, say that situation comes up and new information had arise between the time that you planned and the time that it actually came to fruition. There's more information that came to you, so you could have missed a consideration as you plan for whatever was coming. I also believe it would be mentally tiring to try to consider every single possible outcome. And subsequently, you'll be planning for a lot of situations that will never even happen. Especially if that plan tends to be long and drawn out, that's a big waste of time to plan for something that's never even going to come to fruition. That plan can become obsolete very quickly, meaning that you spent not only mental energy, but actual time into something that just is not going to happen, which 
which in my opinion just seems pretty inefficient. I think you'll find as well that an overthinker may find it hard to relinquish that control to somebody else. So if there are two overthinkers in a group, they'll have to decide which overthinker's plan essentially will take the lead, which is going to be difficult for both of the overthinkers because I think they will believe that each of the other overthinkers isn't considering something that they themselves are considering. Furthermore, it's pretty likely that two overthinkers will butt heads if they run into a different plan, if they come to a different conclusion about how they should go about a certain scenario, event, trip, whatever. Of course, these are generalizations based on the things that I've seen. It's not guaranteed to happen every time that you know two overthinkers get together. It's just going to be absolute turmoil. But I have seen this happen before where it just doesn't work out very well when two overthinkers are trying to plan something together. And God forbid one of them's stubborn, right? <laughs> but moving right along, problems with underthinking. And I know this will be a little peek into my life and the problems that I walk myself into. I can think of a couple of people who are probably shaking their head right now listening to this episode. <laughs> but first up, we got being unprepared for things that you should probably be prepared for, right? I mean, this just actually happened this past week when I went to Montana, which like I said, I'll be talking about at the end of this episode. But I had putting off finding a ride to the Airbnb from the airport and that led to you know a little bit of stress from not only me but of course my mother and the people I was meeting at the Airbnb because my flight was getting in at like 11:30 at night so it wasn't really guaranteed that I would find an Uber in the first place but I had put it off to the day before and had to call like I think nine different taxi companies and none of them had cars available at that time or drivers available. Try my best not to worry about it. I ended up calling an Uber and lucky for me it worked out. But that's a prime example of my underplanning leading to not only stress, but if I was not able to get that Uber, oh yeah boy, would have been a little bit of trouble, wouldn't he? 1130 at the airport with no ride to the Airbnb. That's an hour out. So I think that situation perfectly just happened last week, perfectly describes, you know, how people who underthink and definitely walk themselves into some stressful situations. Now, next up, we got events can sneak up on them. So because they don't make plans or they don't have that kind of structure in place where they set it up with much discipline, events can sneak up and be like, oh, shoot, that's this week, isn't it? And as you can guess, this is another one that I have some experience with, we'll say. But furthermore, this can lead to also being forgetful for the things that they need for that trip or event or whatever it is. So if you're in the position of, oh, shoot, that's coming up, isn't it? Or even worse, oh, that's today, isn't it? You can find yourself being ill-prepared for both of these situations. And in that hurriedness, in that rush, you can be more forgetful. It's a lot easier to miss something that would have been easily accounted for if you had just taken the time to plan ahead a little bit, right? So a lot of times I'll find myself you know, asking my overthinking friends or others like, hey, do you have this or what else do I need? This is what I have. And I find that that's beneficial for me when I'm going on a trip or doing something like that. But finally, as far as cons go for underthinking, we have hard to schedule things with or, or not very busy because a full schedule would require planning. So this one's not nearly as much of an issue with me, but I know a lot of times when you're trying to schedule things with a person that doesn't plan very well, is they may already have plans and they may already have something that they're doing, but they either forget or they don't realize they have it and that thing will pop up and interrupt the plan that they try to make with you. So of course, this is incredibly frustrating for the average person, but even more so the person who tries to plan things in advance. And funnily enough, this is where I kind of swing back towards the overplanning side, but I've had times where I've tried to make plans with an underthinker 
And they literally just told me straight out, I don't plan that far in advance, (laughs) which of course naturally led to an argument about how they can't plan something in advance with me, but they would be able to in a couple days somehow. So of course, naturally there's pretty frustrating aspects about both sides of that coin, you know, whether you're an overthinker or an underthinker, but I think that there is a balance to be found between the two. And I know personally, I'm still working on that. But I do think I've made a lot of progress coming to the more center point of under and overthinking to that kind of perfect thinking amount. I still definitely have my moments of underthinking or underplanning, but it's all about making progress. It's all about getting better each day and trying your best not to repeat mistakes, right? Especially because I know that the things like this make dealing with me and making plans with me a lot easier. But the best way that I've found to you know, find a balance between underthinking and overthinking is just a simple organizational system. And it will take some testing, you know, kind of what works best for you. But personally, I like to use an agenda or a calendar so that I can visually see all the stuff that I have coming up for the next week. Now, whether you want to make this written down or very easily, you could just use the one on your phone. I use this as a way to track the things that I got coming up. Now I'm giving you guys a secret look into my life here, but I happen to use this app called Notion. Now, hopefully one of these days they'll sponsor me, but this happens to not be sponsored. I just actually genuinely very much enjoy using Notion. And essentially what Notion is, is like a super notebook. So Notion comes free, first of all, but also it comes with a lot of templates that you can use to organize things about your life, whether it be agendas, calendars, notebooks, Uh, a way to take Cornell notes. It already has pre-built templates that you can just use on your computer. And it's actually what I use to organize all my ideas, organize things about the podcast, you know, uh, actually track my habits, like whether I'm reading every day, whether I'm practicing piano or learning Spanish every day, whether I'm, you know, achieving my goals and even what movies I want to watch. So it's a great way to organize all the things about your life. It's great for students. It's great for creatives. It's great for personal use, whether it be, you know, just jotting down your thoughts, personal journaling. Notion really does have a lot of features that could be very powerful in the hands of the right people. And I'm personally developing quite the collection of thoughts and ideas and tools that, you know, kind of summarize my life and make them easier to look back on, as well as holding me accountable for the things that I want to do. But that's enough about Notion. How about that for an advertisement, right? But I genuinely do enjoy using it and I use it every day. So Anyway, the other tip that I have is work harmoniously with a person of the more opposite school of thought as you. So if you're typically more of an underthinker, work with an overthinker to see what aspects of their process that you can add to your own life. And very conveniently, as it turns out, underthinkers and overthinkers can actually work exceptionally well together because they essentially will complement each other in the areas that each of them is lacking, which I'm sure you smart people can pick up as you went through this. It seems that a lot of the problems that the underthinkers face can be solved by the pros of the overthinking and vice versa. But anyway, it is that time of the episode. It is weekly takeaway time. So this week's weekly takeaway is that it's not bad to be an overthinker and it's not bad to be an underthinker. But the more that you're able to balance the two, the more you're able to reap the benefits that both sides have to offer. And those benefits include being both prepared for what is coming but also not allowing it to dominate your thoughts and also having more time to focus on the more important things in your life. But before we wrap this up, I did say that I was going to include a little anecdote about my Montana trip. So I went on this trip with about 11 buddies 
And what an amazing experience that it was. I'm going to be honest, I didn't know that Montana was that pretty, but Montana might be one of the most slept on states, to be honest. It's like the forgotten child. Like nobody's like, hey, let's go take a vacation to Montana of all places. But if you get the chance, I definitely recommend it. I definitely had an amazing time getting out into the mountains. You know, I was up in Big Sky snowboarding and skiing out there. And that's some of the best snowboarding that I've experienced. Something about actually being in the mountains and snowboarding that just really drives home all the kind of existential thoughts that make you appreciate being alive and being able to, you know, experience what the world has to offer. But anyway, I'll be uploading some pictures from that trip this week to my personal Instagram, willalex 12 And if you're big into nature, I would 110% definitely recommend taking a trip out to Big Sky because it is really an amazing experience. But anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening all the way through. I hope you found something that you can add to your life or the life of somebody around you. Please share this episode. Seriously, please share this episode. I'll do it fast this time you know we're building here a community. (laughs) So subscribe, follow, do all that great stuff. So this thing can grow into something truly great. I thank you. I appreciate you. This has been Will with Thoughts That Count. I'll see you next time.